This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton postgame show with Al and Jerry. All right, well, today a little bit of a different postgame podcast or post-show podcast, whatever you'd like to call it, with myself and Al. And that's because usually at the end of uh, my 930 segment, we do moment of the day, which is always awesome. And it's you know brought to you by Resorts World Casino, and it's fantastic. Today, however, things got away from us. We ran out of time, so we did not have time for Moment of the Day, Al. And I know you're going to love this because this one features you. Oh, nice. I love when I'm in Moment of the Day. Now, the way this whole thing started, Craig was getting on you for not being on top of the show anymore because you're so into these podcasts, as a matter of fact. And then you were discussing uh, the recent podcast you recorded with Howard Finkel, and Moment of the Day went something like this. Oh, I probably need to have that potted up. So it's not rolling? No. Yeah, so it was all about you getting it up, Yeah, uh, basically, uh, the podcast up, and Boomer had caught himself when he asked you how often you get it up, and then uh, it just kind of went on and on and on, and we cut it off after a while because it was going in circles, but the funny part of it was was Boomer laughing at his own joke, kind of yes. the way you do in the control room. Yeah, he and, asked, yeah, when uh, ha- why I have such a hard time getting it up, meaning posting the podcast. And I just said that the podcasting is like, you know, they used to have music releases. Uh, they might think they still do on Tuesdays. Uh, they Someone somewhere decided that Tuesdays is when people are ready for uh, new, fresh things to come out during the week. I guess Monday, sort of, you're just back at work sure. and getting all your stuff together. Tuesday, by Tuesday, you're bored at your job and you're ready to uh, listen to podcasts and new music. So podcasts come out Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, Craig thought I was uh, not putting effort into the show because I was focused on my Howard Finkel podcast, uh, which is up and available now. Um, and I, I actually uh, taped one with Craig, which I'm going to put up uh, next this coming up Tuesday. Sam was wondering if he's insulted that it hasn't been put up yet. Well, I, I was, that's what I was trying to explain to him. You do them once. I do a bunch at a time, and then I only put them up once a week. Otherwise, I'm run out of podcasts. Quite You've frankly, yeah. By the way, think of it this way: you're doing one a week. That means you need 50. In four years, you will have amassed 208 podcasts. I think if I could do a year of them, I'll be good. So are you going to start rerunning them? No, I won't rerun them. After I run out of people to interview that I'm interested in, I'll just start doing this, talking into the microphone myself. Just you. Or me or someone like you or some someone that I can bounce ideas off of. I like that. Yeah. I like that. More Al. More of me. You like you. Yeah. I you like should. that much better. So there was more with you today, as a matter of fact. This Greg Hardy thing with the Cowboys, I, I'm, I can't tell you how torn I am on it because, um, like, for instance, Matthew, my son, 
yesterday. He's kind of into the football, and he saw on ESPN Cowboys sign Greg Hardy, and he's like, oh, is this a good thing, Dad? I don't know who he is. I'm like, well, not really. He didn't play last year because he beat up his girlfriend, allegedly. And my son, who's 10, looked at me and said, well, that's not good. I'm like, exactly. And that's kind of where the issue is. And ironically, it was five minutes later that I got that uh, email alert that they were selling his jersey, and you had the guy in Dallas just railing against the organization. Uh, But every team and every Basically, I shouldn't say every team. A lot of teams in all these major league and pro leagues do this. And it's almost like as long as these guys can perform, so what what they did. Now, it's obviously came to a boiling point with Ray Rice, and now the NFL is much more, I guess, stringent upon it or with it, I guess, more, uh, I don't even know what the right word is. They're more strict with guys coming back and playing. But as a Cowboy fan, the guy's a hell of a player, but he's a hell of a bad guy if he did what we think he did. Here's the thing, though. None of us know if he actually did that. But we assume he did. Yeah, I'll go ahead and assume he did. I agree, which is why this is so difficult. And then you brought up the point, why sign him? He's not that good of a player when, in fact, neither one of us are watching the Panthers too much. I'm telling you, he is a no, hell of a sa- player. What I was saying is a guy like Greg Hardy, uh, Ray Rice nowadays, Adrian Peterson, they're not guys that are the, are going to be difference makers of whether you have a great season or a decent season. I'm, I would say a guy like Tom Brady is where you can put anyone around him and they still dominate and get to the playoffs and win playoff games. Adrian Peterson's been sitting in Minnesota for how many years? They don't ever do anything. No, he so had he's some, had some good had some good seasons. Yes, had they some did. good seasons, but they they I, I don't recall seeing them in a championship game in Adrian Peterson era. Uh, well, yeah, no, they they actually were in a playoff game. A few playoff years ago, game, actually, yeah. perhaps, yeah. But he's not the guy that's getting them over the hump. No, but they had Brett Favre, and they lost in the championship game to the Saints. And if Favre doesn't throw that stupid that stupid pass, they're in the Super Bowl, and they should have been. The problem the problem I have with not not only your argument but everybody's argument and why quarterbacks get paid so much money, and I understand it. If those five guys in front of you don't keep you upright, you suck. I mean, it, it's that simple. Tom Brady, when Tom Brady gets hit, why did he lose the Super Bowls to the Giants? Because the Giants overpowered the offensive line, hit him, and knocked him down. But that's a group of guys. That's Correct. not one. But it's not which one is, guy being the difference. Which is why that quarterback, without those five guys in front of him keeping him protected, is nothing. Right. Just like Adrian Peterson is nothing if he's got nowhere to run. He doesn't have a defense to hold the other team from scoring more points than they have. It's all it's really it's football to me is amazing how it is such a collective group of 53 men and we highlight these quarterbacks and I get it they make the big throws but if it's not for you know we talk about Eli Manning and the Super Bowl rings God almighty if David Tyree doesn't catch a ball in his face mask he doesn't win that Super Bowl. I mean it, it it's just a collective group effort and for whatever re- group effort for whatever reason we highlight the guy throwing the ball more than the most important 10 guys on a field are five on five up front. And yet no one knows their names. They make the least amount of money and it's the most important part of football. Well, you nailed it, Jerry. It's still the quarterback is always the guy (laughs) that feels like, listen, all all anyone's saying about the Jets is, oh, great. You've got, now you got Revis, Cromartie. You've got multiple great receivers. No one to throw them to football. It doesn't matter who their guys up front are for the Jets. It does. But if if they don't have a quarterback to throw the ball to the other team, it's all part of it. Right. You know, I mean, go put Tom Brady on the Jets. I guarantee, you know what? They're going to the Super Bowl. If you put Tom Brady on the Jets, it's going to happen. Perhaps. They have Geno Smith. Oh, this I didn't give you ahead of time, Jerry, but I had it on my list. All right. Um, 
Craig was talking about um, guys with hair pieces, and if when when you're having a conversation with them, is it difficult to not look at the hair piece and focus on it? And I know what he's saying. You kind of wait till you break eye contact with the guy, then you look. But I read something in Maxim magazine a number of years ago, and it was talking about if you are having a conversation with a guy that you don't like, mm. like let's say you you are out with your wife and you ran into her ex boyfriend. Mm. And, and and you're out with them. They say what you do in order to intimidate a guy is you glance up while you're eye contact with him talking. You, you just take a quick glance up at his hairline because <laughs> that subconsciously the guy will think, For sure. oh, my gosh, this guy's looking at me, thinks I'm balding. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great idea. So if you're ever looking like to intimidate somebody, because oh, and unless a guy's got such a solid hairline that you, there's nothing you can do about it, and most guys are at some point balding, if you take just the just a quick glance up where they see you doing it, and then back down to the eye contact like that, what I'm doing to you, Jerry, it's subtle. But it, it plays so. with your mind. And I think it plays with your mind. You can go in a bunch of different ways. If a guy's got a zit on his face, yes. if a guy's got a mole in the wrong spot, if the guy's got bad teeth, he's got awful eyebrows, he's got a big nose, the person that has that is conscious of it. Yes. I am well aware when I've got planet you know, Mars on my face. Now, I have it in a few years. I think I'm growing up finally. The zits. But sure, you know it when you walk into work or you go somewhere and you got this thing on your face. You know the first time you see somebody... And you see those eyes, they go quickly from your eyes to the other's part of your face. Like, right. damn. Oh, they go right to the mole. So, yeah, I love that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I was talking about the zit, but I mean, oh. moles too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jerry, there's a weird thing happening in Cleveland with the Cavaliers games. Uh, the media members uh, after the game, I guess uh, sometimes like LeBron, um, he's still in a towel and he's not ready to meet the media yet. Mm-hmm. But he's still sometimes within eyesight of the media. Well, apparently, there's a couple of uh, people trying to sneak a photo with their phone of a kind of half-clothed LeBron or LeBron in a towel, and LeBron caught them and said, "You don't, you, you don't. I see everything." You know, he. I guess he was on his phone sure. um, while he was sitting in a towel and noticing people. Now, it's prohibited to, for media members to take still photography in a locker room. I'm actually surprised this doesn't happen more often, like well, that we don't see more sort of naked athletes caught on a cell phone. This comes down to the PR guy earning his money by who they allow into the locker rooms. Because let's say, for instance, I went to a net locker room after a game. I could probably, I I'm, I'm, would certainly think, if I got a picture of Darren Williams naked on my cell phone, I'm sure I could sell that to TMZ. Would you right. not agree? Yes. Or, pl- or someone. And I'm sure I can make a lot of money. I am also going to be fired on the spot. So you have to make sure that you're credentialing people that are going to take it responsibly and not sell photos to places as such because it is easy now. Because these phones, Al, as you know, and for me with Columbia, I do all my interviews. I do them on the phone now because they have these great apps. I don't even need recorders and microphones anymore. And they actually sound really good. I don't know that I would use them for broadcast, but I can certainly use them for cuts and clips and stuff like that. So you have reporters, if you ever look at a scrum uh, on TV, post-game, NBA Network, whatever channel you're watching, you'll see guys holding phones up and you'll see the wave lines going. Who's to say they're not sitting there with their finger on the button also taking pictures? And a lot of these guys come out, and in some cases, with nothing on. I remember Mike Richter, God love him. Mike Richter used to come walking out, and the Rangers were different. You couldn't go in their locker room. John Rosasco, the PR guy, would bring the players out. They'd bring Gretzky out, whoever it was. 
Mike Richter from time to time would just come out stark naked, be like, what do you guys want? I want to, I, I'd like to get dressed. What can we do this quickly? And he would just stand there. And t- do you imagine in today's age, you can tell me no one's going to take a picture right. of Right. So you really got to know who's coming in. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like in this new media age with so many different websites and blogs and podcasts, people do try to and sometimes do get credentialed as if they were, you know, an NBC or an FAN type of thing. So you're right. You got to watch sort of the the places that don't really have a uh, media reputation yet as to who you get credentialed. Otherwise, nude photos will be everywhere. Nude. Like that word, nude. <laughs> nude. I don't know why that word makes me laugh. Uh, anyway, so we'll go from nude and whatever we were just talking about. Let's talk about Brooke Lopez. Love this character. This guy's fun. Heck of a basketball player for the Nets. We always have fun at his expense. Nude. Uh, <laughs> strange. You're right over there? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Are you saying nude? Nude. Like naked? Nude. Different ways you can say nude. Sound like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we go from B.B. Herman to, like, Brooke Lopez because he's buying a house. Where do you think – maybe you saw this story. I'm sure you did. Where would a single guy worth millions of dollars, 9,000 feet tall, go buy a house? Like a summer house, right, or a winter house, I guess. No, a summer house in this case. How about Disney World? I mean, we're not talking the Magic Kingdom. They've got, Disney owns basically Orlando. How about the fact he's buying himself a house there on Disney property, though? Could you do that? You're single. No, I think this is one of those strange things where there's adults who don't have children who are fascinated by Disney mm. World, and he is one of them. He said he and his brother both uh, grew up loving Disney, yeah, and that sort of never went away. And I, I, I honestly don't understand it. I, I don't really get it when when couples honeymoon in uh, Disneyland or Disney World. That just seems like a place where kids should be. Because you're going to be there with a lot of kids. I'll tell you a funny story about that, though, because I agree with you. And you see this all over the place, people on their honeymoon going to Disney. I know a few of them, as a matter of fact. Um, I think Mark Malusis went there on his honeymoon, as a matter of fact. Well, I'll bring that up the next time I do a crossover. I think they're very into Disney, which is great. Good for them. I mean, I'm with you. I don't get it, but you like it. That's great. Um, It's so funny. We've gone there a bunch of times. And Kim and I will walk around, and all you see are screaming kids parents yelling at the kids, parents yelling at each other, and we'll just look at each other. Happiest place on earth. That's so much. It's really something. And do you know how much money it is now to get do you have any concept? I would I would say it's probably about 70 bucks to get in. It's about $95 now to get in yeah. to Disney. It is on, now you're there. It's there's two ways to think about it. A, it's ridiculous. B, you know what? You go there at 9 a.m. You're supposed to stay till 9 or 10 o'clock at night. If you break it down by hour. It's a whole day. Yeah, it's not terrible except for the fact when you're in there, you still got to pay to eat two or three times, and you wind up spending for a family of four, like four, probably $650 for the day. Right. And this is where Brooke Lopez wants to live. Good for He loves comic books. He loves Disney. I'm with you. I don't get it, but if that's what he likes. Now, because it's him. on, uh, it's being built on Disney property, like you yes. said, uh, owned by Walt Disney. So uh, uh, one of the benefits of getting the house on that property is you get a season pass to every one of those parks. Yeah. That's kind of cool, actually. So he could go roam around by himself See, in a Disney park. I wonder, there's a, there's a town called Celebration uh, that is owned by Disney. And it, it, it looks like it's cut right out of Leave it to Beaver. And it's wrapped around this awesome golf course. And I know my parents briefly thought about buying something there and retiring maybe there. And I always wondered, you know, you get the club membership. Do you get to go to the parks too? That could be part of exactly what Brooke Lopez is doing. When did you take, have you taken your kids to Disney? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. When, how, what's the? Uh, they always say, "Oh, th- that's the perfect age for Disney." I don't uh, know what that is. I I don't know. I mean, we've gone honestly. Three. We've, gone a, we've gone a lot. I think the perfect age is probably five. Yeah. Uh, because Matthew now is ten, going on eleven. It's at this point still okay, but the character thing is kind of like lost its luster. I think five, you really kind of are, are into it, and you can go on more rides, which is kind of cool. Are you a teacup kind of guy? Not really. I would go in the teacup. Let's oh. spin you around. It's okay. No, I will do it. But if you ask me if I like it, eh, it's all right. I like those virtual rides where where yes. you stand still, but but the the thing moves and you're in front of a big movie screen. Universal is Back to the Future. Yeah, that's that's and awesome. The Back to the Future. Now. I think it's a Disney park. I forget. Um, they have a Hanna Barbera one in uh, Universal also. Yes, there's one for. Is it up? I forget which one, but it's one where you're almost like in a hand glider. And it really feels... Yeah, it's cool. It is awesome. I forget where it is, but... uh, So we're done? We're done. Nude. Nude. That is weird. Like when strip clubs do, they'll have the neon sign flashing, nude girls. It's so weird. And it's a gentleman's club. Yeah. Nude. 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 It's the Boomer and Carton postgame show. Wow! Stars of the show, Alan Jerry.